If you are at home watching the live stream, you can uh, give the church a call, and Heidi, there's the number, Heidi will get you one in the mail if you want a paper version, or we can email you one if you can print your own. But uh, yeah, make sure you pick up one of those, and like I said, if you're here today, you'll get one just by being here. Also tomorrow, just very Lord God. You tell us in your word that our life is but a vapor, just a brief burst of smoke. And yet we live our life like we are going to live forever. We live our life without thinking about so often that our life does have an expiration date on earth. And here, Lord, we are presented in our church family right now with two individuals who are nearing um, a part of the journey that the rest of us have not experienced personally yet. But our time's coming. That part of the journey is going to be part of all of our journey. And so in this moment, Lord, we as a church stand together and we lift up Sandy and Amos. We lift them up to you as they look forward to the next life the better life, the eternal life. And we look forward to that as well. So God, as, as we think about this moment and are brought into the presence of the eternal when we're so used to just being in the presence of the everyday, God, we trust in you. Church, do you trust in the Lord? We trust in you, Lord, and we are gathered before you because we want to worship you today. We are gathered in this place, whether in person or at home, but participating right now, we are gathered together as one body, standing up saying, we have faith in the Lord God. We have faith in the power of salvation through Jesus Christ. We have faith that this life is not the end. And God, we say thank you. And now, Lord, as we think about the upcoming procedure that Bill is having, I pray that you would guide the hands of the surgeons. And, Lord, I pray that you would make a way for the, the more simple procedure to be done. God, there is a big difference between those two, and I pray that you would give wisdom to the doctors. They might be able to repair this heart valve and do it in a way that is less invasive. Lord, I look at this list and I see other folks around us who need your healing touch. I think about uh, the daycare provider that Liz mentioned, that her mom had a heart attack, and Lord, I just pray for her healing. Lord, I pray for those students um, who went to prom last night and are feeling tired and drowsy, and I pray that somewhere something would click, that there are adults in our community that care enough about them to organize a big event and to stay up late so that they might be safe and make healthy choices. God, it is our desire that this church would make a lasting difference for your kingdom in this community. Help us to know how to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'd like to say thank you so much to Pastor Mike and Pastor Sarah for uh, covering for me in my absence, but I think they did more than cover for me. I think they um, ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. That's more than just covering for a pastor. That's more than just filling in. That's called being a pastor. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for expounding on Ephesians, for challenging us to be reminded of who we are, And what we're supposed to be about, sharing some of your personal stuff from high school and and, uh, encouraging us that you're not perfect, but you're on the journey. And God has changed some things in you and can change things in us. Praise God. Praise God. So I so appreciate um, having Pastor Mike and Pastor Sarah and, and Heidi 
uh, doing all kinds of amazing things and the ministries that God's called them to and, and last week as well. So I was gone and many of you wished me well and, and um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that um, I got a chance to, to get away and we went down to Arizona to visit my parents. Uh, we haven't been down there for I think four years when I actually counted it out and I didn't realize it had been quite so long. It was good. But something kind of unique happened that I want to tell you about. So I'm going to pray for our, our message, and then I want to go into this unique thing. <clears throat> Lord, we just ask that you'd be here, and as we open your word, we ask that you would speak to us. And now, Lord, we, we ask that you would speak as we look at what the church around us is doing, even as far away as Arizona. So speak to our hearts, Lord, and, and cause a fire to, to burn in us. Amen. Well, a week before uh, I was to leave on vacation, uh, I got a phone call. I got a phone call, kind of out of the blue, and I wasn't around, and so a a message was taken, but the phone call was from Jeff Klein. Jeff is the executive director of the American Indian Christian Mission, and he asked me to call him back. So right before I left for vacation, about two days before I was going to leave, I I, it was, you know, how you, before vacation you got this list of things you're trying to get done, you know? That was one of the things on my list. I just got to do this and this, and I got to email this person. And, and so I, I called him up, and like, I don't know who this guy is. He's probably just somebody, you know, that, you know, you know how sometimes you think. Well, I don't, what is this? So I, I called him up, and I said, okay. So he said to me, well, I'm the executive director of, of AICM, and I, and I knew what that was when he told me. And he said, um, you know, I said, well, how can I help you? And, and he said, well, I just want to um, know what this church is that's been sending us money for 25 years. And I said, well, that's New Life Church of God. AICM is a ministry that our church has been supporting for over 25 years. And it is, well, American Indian Christian Mission. And, and uh, he said, why? I mean, he said, I don't mean to be strange, but why have you been sending us money for so long? <laughs> and he said it not quite like that. He actually said, what's your connection with our ministry? And I said, uh, well, Florabelle Packard. And he said, oh, Florabelle Packard is your connection. And so while we're having this phone conversation, I'm, I'm looking at Google, and I, I'm, I'm going to Arizona in three days, right? And this, this ministry is in Arizona, so I thought, well, I wonder where this is at. So I was looking, and while I'm talking to him, I realized that it's only two hours and 45 minutes away from where my parents live. And so we're talking on the phone, and he's, he said, well, I just kind of wanted to explain what our ministry is, because, you know... And I said, well, how about this? Instead of explaining it to me, why don't you just show me? Right there in that phone call, I felt the Lord say, go. Go there. So, I said, can I just come and see you? I'm going to be in Arizona next week. So he said, yeah, that sounds great. So um, he actually said, well, if you're going to come, you might as well make a visit about it. And he said, why don't you come and stay overnight, and you can just experience what the ministry is. I said, okay. So... Without asking my wife or children, I, I planned, I planned on, that may have been a mistake, but I planned uh, two of my six days of vacation, I, I planned to go to the American Indian Christian Mission. Okay, so I want to tell you what I saw, because here's something interesting. Our church has been supporting this organization for, like I said, over 25 years. Mark, do you remember when we actually started? When was that? It was in the 90s sometime. It was in the 90s. Well, that's good. So it's, I mean, it was sometime, the, Floorville seemed to think it was the mid-90s, so like 1995. So I was a senior in high school going to my prom, and that's when, that's when this church started supporting this ministry and Floorville Packard. So... Uh, our church tithes, so the income that you give, okay, to be a good example for you, it just makes sense that our church would also tithe. The word tithe means 10%. So you cannot say, I'm going to give a 5% tithe, okay? 
That, that's not how that works. The word, the word tithe means 10%. It comes from the Old Testament, and it's also in the New Testament. But the, our church gives 10% of the money you give, we give back out to other ministries. And this is one of those ministries. So, um, Floribel Packard, and here is a picture of Floribel. There's Floribel. Now, you, she comes to our church. When she comes back to Bertha, she usually comes to our church. She was here just a couple years ago, so you may have seen her around, but she comes every couple years, and she stops by and, and says hi. So that's Floribel, and she's from Bertha. Her parents, Frank and Margaret Packard, they attended our church from all the way back from the mid-1980s. And Frank and Margaret, uh, Margaret passed away, I believe, in 2005, and I came as, as youth pastor of this church in 2005, and I met Margaret once. I met her one time before she passed away. Uh, she was a, an interesting lady. I'm sure Mark and Barb and many of you in here knew Frank and Margaret and could say stories and good things. So when I looked up Sholo, here's where Sholo is, Sholo, Arizona. So you can see Phoenix is the little dot there. Sholo is a two-hour, 45-minute drive to the northeast. And if, if you go... The other way, you'll get to the Grand Canyon if you drive another four hours. So you can see right there is Sholo, the ministry. And we drove up there as a family. And so just to give you an idea of what the landscape looks like, here's what it looks like. Looks like that. So it's beautiful. Those are the White Mountains of Arizona. And actually, that picture isn't quite right because see those, those pine trees down there, those cedars, I guess. Um, around Sholo, it's a forest. A thick forest, and, and uh, that's a beautiful picture. That was actually on our drive as we were driving. And it's kind of interesting because one of the things about this ministry, just to, to give you an idea of, it's situated in about 70 acres, I believe, of land. And <clears throat> about 10 or 15 years ago, I can't remember, there was a massive fire that it's called the Cedar Fire, and it, it burned up huge swaths of these cedar trees, and as you drive through this area, you can see all kinds of places where the fire has gone. And the interesting thing was about the ministry, AICM, the fire went all the way around it like a horseshoe and didn't touch. Not even one, one iota was touched by that fire. In fact, the, the people um, of the, the, the minister there and even the people of the community say, God's hand is on that place. Because how could the fire not consume it? That was um, something that Jeff shared with us, and I thought it was interesting. So, um, that's beautiful, but here's the next picture. And we got to be with Floribel. Now, Floribel has been at AICM since 1986. That is a long time. 1986. She has served in many different capacities over the years, but uh, she right now is the librarian. And you are, we are standing in her library, and she, is, she has been just loving Native American kids in Sholo for 36 years or whatever it is. That's a long time. The, everybody else at the ministry, the longest anybody else has been there is like five years. <laughs> so she is like the pillar of, of this ministry in Sholo. So that's us um, taking a day of our vacation to uh, see Floribel, and we got to spend time with her and talk with her. And I was trying to ask her questions about the ministry, and I couldn't hardly get many questions out because she wanted to know about Bertha. So she was getting the Bertha update and how our church was doing and how the wards were doing and how these people were doing and how those people were doing and she just wanted to know what was going on. I could hardly get any questions in. But it was a, it was a wonderful visit and uh, just fun to see that. So I want to show you this ministry very briefly, okay? Next slide is, this is a picture. They've got a, a sanctuary. And it, it's hard to, to, to bring this together, but I, I want to... It felt like I was at Camp Arrowhead, okay? That's what it felt like combined with... Um, being in the Ivory Coast. It was some, somewhere in the middle between the experience that some of us have had at the Ivory Coast and Camp Arrowhead. But it, was, it definitely had a Camp Arrowhead feel. 
Uh, There's just, you know, like the, the place where the washing machines are, it's like all six washing machines were different because people had donated them, right? That, so that's what it was like. All this donated stuff because people have been donating and supporting this ministry for years. And so, you know, that, even, this, even the, the chapel area, which we didn't do anything in the chapel except look at it, but even the chapel area had a Camp Arrowhead feel. It had a Camp Arrowhead smell. I mean, I, I don't know what that, maybe, maybe fragrance, not smell is what I'm going for. Had a Camp Arrowhead fragrance smell. I'm not sure. So that, that's the sanctuary. And, and um, the next slide is the cafeteria. And I did not get permission from my mom to have her in that picture. So she's probably watching this and going to send me a, a nasty text message shortly. So that should be good. But that's kind of the area where some of the, the kids uh, eat. And then the next picture I think you're going to like. The school is the Florabelle Packard Learning Center. I did not know that. So what ministry happens at ACIM? Well, there's actually a combination of ministries. This is the school. They have a boarding school. So I don't know if you've ever heard of a boarding school. You probably have. Why is it called a boarding school? Boarding schools are places where parents send their children to go to school and get an education, but the children stay there. The children sleep on site. So boarding school, it's kind of a weird way of saying it's just like college. Uh, You know, you go to college and you stay in a dorm. Boarding school is you go to school, like high school, but you stay there. And what's interesting is that the ministry here is with the White Mountain Apache. Um, Right now, they only have White Mountain Apache Native Americans. There are also uh, Navajo but at this moment, it's White Mountain Apache. And back in, in, the, in the 90s, they had as many as 100 students coming to the boarding school. Um, as early as 2018 and 19, they had upwards of 35. And, and of course, then, then COVID, right? You can imagine, and you probably heard that on the, on the Native American reservations, COVID, they really locked down because the, the way that um, the Native American community is just together all the time. It's a very, COVID was very dangerous. And so they, they basically just closed the borders. Like, they, not only that, they shut off the roads. The road that we took to get there, the, the, the Apache people, the tribal council, actually asked Google to remove that road from Google Maps so people wouldn't go there during the, the COVID-19 uh, outbreak for the past year. But things are opening up now, and... Now there are 23 White Mountain Apache students, um, and Florabelle, if you're watching live, I, I gave you the website, you can text me and tell me if I say something wrong. How about that? So maybe I better get my phone over here. Florabelle's probably going to text me. So right now there are 23 students at the boarding school. There's a superintendent, there's a, te- there are, there's a math teacher, they have, and if you go to the next slide, um, this is their science room. So you can see this is a legit school. Like, this is an accredited school by Arizona. And Arizona, they're a really interesting state. I like Arizona. Property taxes in Arizona, you can decide where you want your property tax money to go. So you can decide what school district you want your property taxes to be used in, including private schools like this. So lots of people in Arizona know about this ministry, and they they literally have their property tax money go to support this ministry. That's a great idea. Somebody want to write our governor? I'm sure that'll go through. Oh, that was a little sarcastic. Lord God, please forgive me for the sarcasm of that moment. Okay, so that's the, uh, that's the, the science room, and... There's a math room, and they got a math teacher. I met the teachers, and they gave us a big tour, and it was really good. So uh, go ahead to the next slide. They have a flag ceremony in the morning where they say, and I was happy that I went to junior camp a few times because they do the Pledge of Allegiance, and then they do the, the Allegiance to the, the Christian Pledge of Allegiance, and then they do the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. And if you've been to junior camp, I was happy that I could at least sort of mouth the words because I would have felt dumb if I didn't know those. So we got to be there with the students on a beautiful, brisk morning. And by the way, Sholo's at about uh, 5,000 feet elevation. 
um, which I did not prepare well. I came in my Phoenix, Arizona clothes. And at 5,000 feet, it's like 30 degrees at night. That was not good. I actually had to go into the little consignment shop and borrow a, a consignment sweatshirt because I was cold. So bad planning on my part. This is what the ministry is about. It's about these, these students. Now, here, here's what I want you to get. You've heard probably throughout your life that things on, on Native American reservations are not great. Things on Native American reservations are not great. The 23 kids, which you think, well, it's only 23 kids. These kids, some of these kids that we met, I mean, they're, they're, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. And if you go to the next slide, like here's a picture of, of where things are at with these kids. And the cool thing about us getting to go there and spend the day and get to sleep overnight is that if you go to the next slide, we got to be with the kids. So this is me playing basketball, and Ryan's there too, and um, I'm not good at basketball, but it didn't matter. They weren't good at basketball either. They just wanted to play basketball. So they go to school during the day, and then at night, they, have, they, they sleep, they've got dorms set up. I mean, so basically, if you can imagine, if, if you've been to junior camp, or if you've been to senior camp, you know, imagine you go to camp except you spend the whole school year. That's what it was. It's camp. It, was, it really was camp, except you go to school during the day, and then you basically hang out at camp at night. And we got to, and we got to, and it was, it was a little strange. It was actually, it was more than a little. It was awkward at first, because here we are, and I don't know if you can see there, but I look like an ogre. And, you know, so like, here we are, strange white folk from Minnesota, and, and we get there, and we're like, Hi. And, and the, the Apache kids are like, you know, some of them just walked by and didn't say anything, and they were like, who are these people? But then one little girl, one little girl um, was, was kind of hovering around us, and we felt really awkward, so it's like, what do we do? So I said, okay, Elise and Gabrielle, let's play some volleyball. So we just started bumping it around, and one little girl was like, like hovering. She was like in a little orbit around us, right? And she was looking at us, and then we'd look at her, and she'd look away, and then she'd go over here. And, and finally, Elisa, you know, Elisa, who loves kids, um, you know, do you want to play? Do you want to play? And so she's like, yes. And so then she comes right over. And so then, then she started playing volleyball. And, you know, and then another little girl was like starting to hover around, hover around. And, and Gabrielle was like, do you want to come play too? And she's like, yes, I want to play. So then she comes over. And so then we're hitting the volleyball around, and, you know, volleyballs are going everywhere. And, and before you knew it, Gabrielle is playing tag with this girl, and she's running around. She's in her flip-flops, and her flip-flop comes off, and she's sweating, and I'm playing basketball. And then we had to play line tag. I got so winded, I thought I was going to die. I had to go sit down. Line tag's horrible, let me tell you that. So, I mean, so we just, we just got to spend the evening with a group of White Mountain Apaches. And they were wonderful. Well, the seventh grade boys were what you'd expect seventh grade boys to be. Ryan and I tried to have a conversation around the dinner table, and they weren't having any of it. It's like, who are these people? So, but we talked a little football, talked a little basketball. It was good. And by the end of, by the end of our time together, this is what you got. <laughs> I mean, those, those two girls and the one on the left, Gabrielle and her ran and ran and ran and ran. And Elisa was with the other. Keturah, I believe, was her name. They had the beautiful names. And, and Elisa was with Keturah. And there was this one little boy who was skateboarding all over the place. And I thought he was going to crash. And he did crash. And he got back up and was still skateboarding. And they were swinging. And it was... Are, are you getting the impression? Because here's the ministry... When I talk to the people that are volunteering and working at this place, you know what, what the ministry is of this place? We just want to love them. We just want to love them. Because they come from a place that isn't, there isn't love. The little girl that's so cute here on the left that was hanging with Lisa Keturah, her mom died of drug overdose. 
She doesn't know her dad. She lives with her grandma with like six or seven other grandkids. All of the kids are in bad situations. And they come to this boarding school and what they, what they said, what the boarding school said was, because we can, it's the same thing I say about camp. There's only so much you can do on a Wednesday night, right, Mike? There's only so much you can do when you got kids for two hours. But you get kids for five days in a row, days and nights. And the culture of what it means to be a Christian, the, the way that you live for a 24-hour period for a week, right? The kids that don't come from Christian families, they don't get that, right? They don't get what it's like to have family devotions at night. When you can get, and this is why Camp Arrowhead is so important. Hi, Brighton. Right? This is why Camp Arrowhead is so important. Because it gives us a place to go and to do life together for a period of time. This ministry has felt called by God to do that in a boarding school way. Now, I'm not suggesting we start a boarding school okay, in Bertha. I'm not suggesting that. But I'm saying that's what God's called them to do. And you have supported that for 25 years. By the way, something interesting, I am the first person from New Life Church of God who's ever set foot on that property. Isn't that interesting? I'm not saying that to like, oh, we're so bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's, it's just cool. Like, we've been there now. Like, I represented you. We represented you in this ministry. So, I was so impressed by a couple people, and of course, there's the executive director, Jeff, and he was busy, but he showed us around and... and and another group showed up while we were there, and they brought like they brought I don't know a whole a whole like load like a like a truckload of supplies that they gave out to the to the Apache people. Just they brought a truckload of supplies to just give out. And Jeff goes every week. He Little Caesars Pizza, you know, it's like hot and ready, six dollars hot and ready pizzas. There's a Little Caesars Pizza in Sholo, and when their pizzas sit for more than twenty minutes, they can't serve them. So he's got a, a thing where the, the, the Little Caesars pizza guy throws those pizzas in the fridge, and then every week, Jeff drives a, a van load of pizzas down to, the, down to the Navajo and to the Apache people. This week, it was 87 pizzas. He goes and gives 87 pizzas away. I mean, that's pretty cool. And then he builds relationships. You see that? He builds relationships with the parents consistently, 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 so that they trust Jeff and they trust the ministry. Because think about it. Could you imagine sending your kid to a boarding school? That, and they're about an hour away from some of these towns in the reservation. Would you send your kid to a Christian boarding school? He, it, relationship building is so vital. It's what we do as Christians. There's got to be real relationship, Right? Now, I want to show you three couples that I was so impressed with, and I hope they will inspire you. So the first one, this is Mitch and Haley, and we got to talk with them some, and and, uh, what they do is they are the boys' dorm parents. So get this, they live as parents for the boys at the boarding school. That's their job. That's what they do. Mitch was a youth pastor in Indiana and met his wife and he, he's sort of trying to get his ministry degree online and all this kind of stuff. They felt called to go here and so they moved from Indiana to Sholo, Arizona to be dorm parents. I, I, I have been, for, for 10 years of my life, I functioned as a counselor at camp, at Camp Arrowhead and by the end of summer camp, I thought my life was over. I was so tired. Like, I am done. I'm going to hide and, and Mike's about, he's looking at his calendar, and he's like, I've got this like period in my summer, I'm going to be toast. And Liz is like, I'm not sure this was the right choice, that you become youth pastor, and all this kind of stuff. No, that's not what she said, I made that up. Okay, so these guys, for a whole school year, they live as parents to these Native American kids. They, look at that, and their little boy, he is running all over the place. And, and the, the, Apache, the Apache kids, they've just adopted their little boy. Like, they watch out for him as they watch out for each other on the reservation. It's beautiful. It's love. It's Christian unity. It's Christian family. So then the next couple, 
This is David and Toby, and they just, they're foster parents. They fostered five different sets of kids. They're foster parents right now for some Native American kids. They're also the dorm parents of the girls' dorm. He is, a, is an Arizona State Patrolman. In addition, so he, during the day, he's a state patrolman. At night, he's the parents for these kids in the dorm. Are you feeling convicted by the Lord that we need to do some stuff? What does the Lord have for us to do, New Life Church of God? If you are not inspired by a couple like this, I don't know what's going to inspire you. These people have given their whole life because they felt called to this. And the final group, John and Christine, we met them, but John and Christine, we got to talk with them as well quite a bit. Christine actually grew up in Haiti. She came to the United States when she was about 12, and, and, and they met, and, and they've got a, a beautiful little boy there, and he runs around and all over the place, and it's just and like the skateboards go by, and it's like, how are these kids going to survive? And it, but it's beautiful. And, and as the skateboard comes, like some of the other native kids just push them out of the way a little bit, and it goes right by. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just like, like it's meant to be. Does that make sense? And these two, they, looked, they, they were tired when we were there. They are, the, they are the parents that when the other parents need a break, they come in. So there's three sets. So one is always needing a break, and then these guys come in. So they, they go into both dorms. See how that works? All of these, all, all three of these couples have only been here since the, like just a year. What if God called someone like you to come and do something like that? Can you imagine what this would be? I mean, they, they, this couple right here, they feel called to full-time mission work to Native American people. And God has led them to Sholo for this period of their life. Someday, my guess would be, John is going to be the executive director of a ministry like AICM. And when you're going to be a director or an executive director, you start as a dorm parent. You see how this works? Are you excited by this? Now, the boarding school is only one ministry. They've got a couple of different ministries. The next one, just real quick, I'm going to show you. They've got a blue bus ministry. See how there's a basketball hoop like stapled on the back of the school bus? I thought that was so cool. Ryan's like, that's a good idea. How come we're not doing that with our bus? So they've got these blue buses, and this is what they do. Work teams from churches, and I thought, were these, are these just churches from like Phoenix? And they said, well, there's a couple from Phoenix, but they come from all over. Work teams from churches around the United States come to Sholo to this ministry, and this is what the normal day is. They stay for about a week. In the morning, they do like work projects around the ministry so that it's totally Camp Arrowhead work days. Like, they, they literally just paint and fix things and, you know, do pick up trash and pick up sticks and all that kind of stuff. That's in the morning. And then in the afternoon, they load up on these buses. And the back two-thirds of these buses, there's not seats. There's just, there's these benches that you open up and they're just filled with, like, hula hoops and balls, like kickballs and basketballs. And they're filled with, like, chalk, like sidewalk chalk. And these work teams load in these buses, they go to the reservations, and when they show up, the kids come running from everywhere. And they just open up the buses, and it's just a day of fun for the kids on the reservation. And these work teams go, and they just love on these kids. That's what they do. For, for the half a day they're there, and then they get back in the buses, and I, the, the roads are a little windy, so I'm not sure how that would go with me. Uh, some of us might get car sick on a windy road like that in a strange place. So it's, it's interesting how, how that bus ministry, they've got teams that come in, and the place where we stayed was a dorm set up just for these work teams. The dorm we stayed at could fit about 40 people, and they have work teams that just come in all summer. And so these blue buses, they go on the reservation and the kids just come running. And there's, there's a story of a little boy who he didn't come running to the bus when it came. He came walking and he didn't want to play basketball or he didn't want to get chalk. He just came up and he just, he just said to one of the people, I'm hungry. So they gave him some food. They built a relationship with him and with 
his family, and that little boy right now is at the boarding school. He's the one that was on the skateboard. The kid's just energy like you can't believe. And they told me, you cannot believe the transformation in that boy. How he went from basically starving and just out of control crazy to now like energy. And he was everywhere. I mean, that kid was just, he was running circles around me like I was standing still. But he had life. Life. And I might suggest that looked like life to the full. American Indian Christian Mission. There are all kinds of things that happen there. The boarding school, the blue bus ministry. They also have a child sponsorship program. You have been a part of this for 25 years. Bertha, one of our very own, her name is on the school. (laughs) And I didn't know that. And it was good. So would you pray for this ministry? As we've been supporting them, the the ministries that we support through our tithe, we're supposed to not just be sending money, we're supposed to be praying. Now you know more than you did before. I hope you will pray for this ministry. Pray for Florabelle. And she asked that that you would pray for her. She's not a spring chicken. (laughs) And she was actually in Native American ministry 10 years before she went here. So she's been in in Native American ministry for many, many years. So what does this mean for us today? My entire sermon today is going to take five minutes because that's what I've got left. My entire sermon today is one Bible verse. One Bible verse. Would you put that on the screen, please? Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Jeremiah 29, 7. Now, if you're in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 is probably the most famous verse in the book of Jeremiah. Does anybody know Jeremiah 29, 11 by heart? But I know the plans I have for you. Plans to make you prosper. Plan, Yes, right? Okay, everybody knows Jeremiah 29, 11, and, and almost everybody rips that verse beautifully out of context. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Jeremiah had a very disturbing and troubling message to give to the people of Israel. The message was quite simply... The Babylonians are going to come and they're going to destroy Israel because of your sin. They are going to carry you into exile. Now, if you read Jeremiah 29, if you read Jeremiah 26, 27, 28, and 29, if you read up to that, God gave Jeremiah this message that the people are going to exile. And then another prophet named Hananiah stood up and said, Jeremiah is wrong. I've got the message from the Lord. And this Hananiah said, oh yes, you're going to be in exile, but you're only going to be in exile for less than a year, and then you're going to come back because God is going to destroy Babylon, and you are all going to come back, and you are going to live back in Israel because God is our God, and Babylon is going to get toasted by God. And then Jeremiah came back and said, yeah, that guy's wrong. Don't listen to him. And then at the end, Jeremiah said, and God's going to punish that false prophet. And then the next verse, it said, and that false prophet died. (laughs) So yeah, just go back and read it. It's a fun story. You'll love it. But then this part, Jeremiah 29, after all of that conversation between this prophet and that prophet, and which prophet is right, and what is God actually doing? Then Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29 is a letter that Jeremiah writes and sends from Israel over to Babylon to the exiles that are in Babylon. This is part of a letter that God told Jeremiah to write to send to the exiles. And in that letter, I'm not going to read it all because I don't have time. In that letter, Jeremiah says, you're going to be in exile a long time. Not just a year like this other 
this other clown was talking about. You're going to be in exile a long time. So get comfy. Build houses. Work. And seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Jeremiah's letter to them from these people that had been conquered and ripped from their homeland all the way from Israel back to Babylon. So that's like Jerusalem to present-day Iraq. That's a long ways. And there's a giant desert in the middle, right? Jeremiah says, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which you are going to be in exile. I want to make a suggestion to you this morning and then I'm going to be done. As much as we want to believe that the United States of America is a Christian nation, I do not believe that we are a Christian nation any longer. In fact, I, I might even go so far as to say we never were a Christian nation. We were a nation founded upon Christian principles. And for a long time, we were a nation full of Christians. But I don't think we're even that anymore. Translation, Christianity is now the minority in the United States of America. I don't think that's good. I just think it's what it is. So what are we supposed to do now? What are we supposed to do now when we are a remnant of people, a minority of people in a country that is no longer seeking God? We are to seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Now, we have not been carried into exile by the Lord's punishment of Israel. So this verse, you've got to take it in context. But the idea is that a people, the people of God, that are in a country that is not a godly country. This speaks to that. And our present situation, this speaks to. We are to seek the peace and prosperity of this country. What does that mean? I think it means a whole lot of things. I think it means things like organizing post-prom parties so that our kids, instead of being after prom, out drinking and carousing, have a place to go. You know what? Christians can lead that kind of thing. Christians are leading that kind of thing. What else does that mean? It means we can, we can, have a, we can set aside a place where people can go, Camp Arrowhead, and we can support that and be a part of that. It means that our church can make a difference in the community that it's in. In fact, in such a way that if our church wasn't here, now this has become a little bit cliche recently, but I think it, it's meaningful. If our church suddenly disappeared, would anybody in Bertha know it? You know, I went to the Grand March last night, as some of you did. Um, Bertha is not a Christian place. Anybody else notice that? Anybody else notice that? There are a whole lot of people that need Jesus Christ to come into their life. In Bertha, and Hewitt, and Eagle Bend, and Wadena, and Deer Creek, and Wrightstown. Even Clarissa, especially Browerville. So, the, the, I'm just kidding. There's some Browerville people. I'm just, I'm just playing with you. All right, enough of that. I have asked you guys, uh, Pastor Mike and Pastor Sarah, would you come up at this time? I have asked you guys for the past two weeks to do a journal in which you are seeking God's voice. I've asked you simply to ask God a question and then be silent and let God speak to you. I've asked you to write it down. Now, if you missed a day, I'm not going to like say you're terrible. If you've if you didn't feel like you could do the first journal, this, this isn't like I'm going to be looking. Would you please hand them out? Everybody that wants one, take one. I'm asking that everybody would take one. We are on this journey because, remember I told you two weeks ago, that the time between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension to heaven was 40 days. And so they, the disciples were with Jesus for 40 days and got to ask him questions. We are in that period of 40 days right now. 
When we're, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday, we are now in that period of 40 days. And I have asked, I'm asking you, church, to seek God's voice the way the disciples sought God's voice during that 40 days. And now I've decided to extend it another 10 days. Because after the ascension, what happened a few days later after the ascension? Jesus went to heaven... 40 days after Resurrection Sunday, and then about 10 days later, what happened? It was 50 days after Passover. What happened 50 days after Passover? Pentecost. You know the word Pentagon? means five-sided. Pentagon. The reason it's called Pentecost is because it happens 50 days after Passover. Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was a Jewish holiday, but for Christians, Pentecost has taken on a new significance because Pentecost was the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the disciples. And we are still receiving that pouring out of the Holy Spirit. So I've extended our journal 10 more days. We are going to be seeking God's will for our church. Now, in the, if you did the first two weeks of the journal, many of those journal days were focused on Are you right with God? Are you right with fellow believers? There were uh, many um, verses we looked at and questions that I asked you to ask that kind of focused on us and our church, right? Are we meeting together? Are we encouraging one another? This two-week journal, could you put that verse back on the screen? This two-week journal focuses on that. Now, for two weeks, I want us to ask God, not just how am I doing and how are we doing, but for two weeks, I want us to seek God together and ask this question. What is God calling us to do to make a positive difference to this community? So now, instead of inward, now we're going to be looking outward. We're going to be asking God to give us direction out. Out. Here's what I want to remind you. Unhurried time. And even as Shirley Rokes gave her uh, prayer thoughts last week, I couldn't help but smile. Where's Shirley? I think she might have escaped. Oh, she's in the nursery. So she's not hearing this, but her prayer request last week of, it sure is hard to find five minutes of unhurried time, right? But if you will do it, what if an entire church asked the same question of God for 50 days. That's what I'm asking us to do. And yes, it's strange because we're not used to just asking God a question and then just being silent. We're used to praying by jibber-jabbering all the time. That is, it's okay to pray by speaking, but praying by speaking is only half of a conversation, right? (coughs) Excuse me. Here's your journal. And so your assignment is once a day. And I would ask that you would give the best part of your day. Isn't that what we're supposed to do when we tithe? We're supposed to give the best, the first fruits. That's what we give. The the stuff off the top, the cream off the top is what goes to God, right? I ask that you would give God the best part of your day. For me, that is not the morning. Right? But it might be for you. Give the best part of your day in an unhurried way to ask the daily question. Read the scripture, and then the question connects with the scripture, and then listen. Listen for God's response. All right, very last thing. One minute left. Would you put on the AICM website information? I encourage you. To go on their website. You know, we've talked about going to Allen, South Dakota, and that trip, hopefully, we're trying to get that to work. You know, and and they have a similar ministry in Allen that's a Church of God ministry. But there's also no reason why we couldn't go to this. You go, you work in the day, and then you go spend time with the, the kids on the reservation in the afternoon. Why couldn't we do that? We could. Is God calling you to that? And now connect 
what this organization is doing to bring peace and prosperity to the place where they are, right? Now connect that with us here. In what way are we doing that kind of ministry here? What is God calling us to do here for this community? We don't want, we don't want to just do something and ask God to tag along. We want to know what God is doing, and we want to tag along with God for His kingdom work in this place. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord God, for the ministry of AICM, for Florabelle Packard, for the dorm parents, for Jeff Klein. We pray, Lord, that you would bless them. I thank you for the kids that are there, and I I ask, Lord, that you would protect them. I pray that you would protect the property and the school of AICM, I pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. The devil is at work on the reservations in Arizona. And the sin of drug abuse and alcohol abuse and the the destruction of families and just the terrible stuff that's happening on the reservations, Lord, we pray against that in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray for this ministry that it would be empowered and that it would be working in your spirit. And now, Lord, And now, Lord, I pray for this community because the devil's at work here just as much. And when you look at the broken families that are all around us in this area, when you look at the the way people are living very far from God, the way that they are hurting, the way that they are trapped, and they they don't even see the shackles, God, we've got something to do in this place for you. And we ask, Lord, that as we are good citizens of this place and as we are bringing, hopefully, Lord, bringing light and salt into this area, and as we are involved in in government, some of us, and as we are involved in in the school and as we are involved in in the, the place around us, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. And please, Lord, speak to us as we go through this journal asking of you. We ask an outpouring of you, Holy Spirit, onto this church that we might hear from you and know our next step as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.